0: sound of that tractor means it's time for us to go to work. Welcome to the Give Us a Dirt Podcast powered by Hoopah Grading Company. My name is Brandon and I am your host. So we're doing something a little different today on the Give Us a Dirt Podcast. In the studio with us today, we've got two industry legends with us. Combined, these men have nearly a hundred years of service with one of the Southeast's leading contractors, Barnhill Contracting, based out of Rocky Mount, North Carolina. These two men have decided to hang up their hard hats, but before they clock out for the last time, they've agreed to spend some time with us and to give us the dirt. We have with us Lee Cooper, Executive Vice President of Barnhill Contracting and 50-year veteran of the company. We also have William Davis, Vice President and CFO at Barnhill with a little over 45 years of service at the company. And as I say that out loud, I can't help but think that most of our listeners, including myself, will struggle to even wrap our brains around that, only because it's something so rare that we simply have no frame of reference or context for that level of accomplishment. Tom Shannon, your VP of uh, HR and Safety at Barnhill, said it best when he said, achieving 50 years in the workforce is quite an accomplishment. Achieving it at one employer is monumental. And I couldn't agree more. Gentlemen, it is truly an honor to have you in the studio today and to have the opportunity to dig into your stories and your very impressive careers. Welcome. Thank you. We're <laughs> glad to be here. Uh, yeah. it was funny. So uh, you, you got your arm twisted to come hang out with us today,
1: huh? Okay, that's right. Yeah. And I back to you know being here 50 years and 45 years speaks a lot of the folks at Barnhill Contracting Company and the company we work for. Been a couldn't have been a better place to uh, to work and have a career and grow.
0: I can't wait to hear more about it. I know you guys have so many stories. There's no way we're going to be able to dig all that out in the time that we have, but I can't wait to get into it. Um, what, one of the things that we do on the podcast is we ask you to introduce yourself in a unique way. So I am a firm believer that no man experiences the kind of success and longevity that you have without the love and support of an even more amazing woman. And so Betsy Davis and Donna Cooper have no doubt played a critical role in your success. How would they introduce you to a new friend that doesn't know who you are? So Lee, we'll start with you first. How would, how would Donna introduce you to somebody that's never met you?
2: Donna would probably say that, that I'm a hard-working guy, a uh, man with pretty few words, uh, not a whole lot of, of uh, uh, jibber-jabber talk and that kind of thing, I guess. And uh, But I would, she would think that I love people, you know, and I love to take care of people, and, and I, I just uh, enjoy and love the construction business.
0: Awesome. Awesome. What would, what would Betsy say about you?
2: I think Betsy would say that
1: uh, she made a good choice in uh, picking her husband. Uh, we've been together for 53 years, so I've got a little bit of a longevity there. We both do, and uh, she has been very patient with uh, the time it took to do I, to do my work at Barn Hill, and which was a lot of times, a lot of hours, but it was something I loved, and she knew
2: that and uh, was very supportive. That's, uh, yeah. Can't do it without them. Yeah, I tell you, and and my wife has been with me. I tell you, I, I tell our, our uh, HR folks, and when we are hiring somebody at this day and time, we probably ought to interview the wife, because if the wife is doesn't understand what the construction business is, back in the early days, I was gone practically all the time and wife raised two beautiful daughters, took care of everything, and allowed me to work. I don't think you can be successful in this business without a good mate, and of course, mine's been 52 years also. Wow,
0: 52 and 53 years of marriage. Wow, that's awesome! But you're right; it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of support, and there's no way you can do it without that. So, wanted to give them a shout out before we got started and telling your stories because I know they're a huge part of them. No question. Uh, no question. So we're I mean, gonna we're gonna have fun. We're just gonna bounce back and forth between the two of you because I wanted you guys to do this together. I didn't want to interview you separately. I wanted you guys to be able to experience this together. So we'll just bounce back and forth. But let's start. Let's go back to the early years. Let's start back. Um, Lee, where did you grow up? Where'd you go to school? And what is the first time that you can remember being introduced to the construction industry?
2: Okay. Well, I grew up in a little town, Ware Shoals, South Carolina. And I- What was that? I named Ware Shoals, South Carolina. Down close to Greenwood. Okay. It's in Greenwood County. And I, and I went to school. I went to Anderson Junior College at the time it's Anderson University now and then I f- went to Erskine and finished at uh, Erskine over due west and after I um, uh, finished Erskine I was hired by Burlington Industries and sent me to Tarboro, North Carolina to work in the textile business so I worked in the textile business for about six years and then I became friends, Bob Barnhill and I were in the National Guard together and we became friends and, and our wives became friends and and at the time, Barnhill Contracting Company was a real small company, and it was growing. And, um, you know, Bob kept asking me, he said, you know, you ought to come to work for Daddy, you know? And I said, well, you know, Bob, I got a good job here in the textile business. So I said, you know, I, I, I don't know where I need to do that. Well, as time went on, I, you know, I met his dad, and, and uh, you know, I really liked, living in Tarboro, and I knew at some point in time working for Burlington Industries, I'd have to leave there for a promotion or that kind of thing. So I decided to make the change, and it's kind of real interesting. Um, Mr. Barnhill Sr. was a hard working guy, and the little office there in Tarboro was about six or seven rooms. So uh, Bob told me, he said, you know, you need to be about nine o'clock tonight. You need to come down here to meet with Dad, and I I want you to meet him and talk about it. So we sat down at a little table in the kitchen and that's where he was making this up for Mr. Barnhill Sr. And he said, uh, and I said to him, I said, Well, Mr. Barnhill, you know, I think I know something about the Texas business, but I don't know anything about the uh, construction business. He said, Son, if you'll work, I'll teach you the construction business. So I decided to take the chance. It's the best opportunity I've had an opportunity of a lifetime. And so I've really enjoyed it. But that was my first uh, with the construction business. What I was hired to do was a to be the safety director. At that time, OSHA was just being, OSHA law just came out and Bob said, we need to come up with a, a with a safety program. So I wrote our first safety program and then from there I went to uh, other things.
0: Well, I love that. that it, obviously, he saw something in you that uh, he could work with. He didn't care that you had no knowledge of the construction industry. He didn't care that you knew what they were doing. He, he saw something there and he said, I need this guy on my team. I love that quote, though. He said, don't worry about that. I'll teach you the business. That's right.
2: That is exactly right.
0: That's great. What about you, William?
2: I grew up in
1: Elm City, North Carolina, which is a little town between Wilson and Rocky Mount on 301. And at the time, my father had a motel in Elm City. And I grew up working with him, cleaning up rooms, taking ice to the guests at night, they would tip us. I thought it was a good deal at the time. I, I was making a lot of money. And uh, I graduated from Elm City High School, which I think there were maybe 42 or three folks in my high school class. Most of them grew up uh, on the tobacco by making a living raising tobacco in that industry. There was probably three or four of us in the class that that wasn't their main source of income at the time. I I wanted to farm, and so I went to NC State and got a degree in uh, agriculture. And I came back home, and I farmed a little bit. I worked at a, a tobacco warehouse for several years. And then I went back to school at Atlantic Christian College and got a degree in accounting. And I decided I could get a degree in accounting and so, if I didn't go in some kind of business on my own, it would always apply, no matter what I went into. And I went to work after I graduated from Atlanta Christian with an accounting firm in Tallboro. And I worked there for about four or five years. And then I worked one year for Black & Decker, and which gave me some experience in cost accounting and so on, but not any in the construction industry. And then I kind of... Got to know Bob similar to what Lee did. Uh, our wives were sort of a member of a group that got to be friends and so on, and uh, they had an opening in the administrative area, I guess. And uh, I came to work for Barnhill as administrative manager. And they had probably a year or so before hired their first accountant, CPA that was uh, the controller at the time.
0: So that was, so 1977 for That's you? That's correct. And Lee, you were 72? That's correct. Okay, so tell me, what did the company look like back then? What was, 19, how big was the company? In
2: 1972, when I came, it was less than 100 people. And it was primarily a uh, highway contractor. Had one small outfit in Tarboro, did private work, and one asphalt plant in Tarboro but there was really primarily were a road contractor, and as I said, less than 100 people, but all top-notch people. And and when I came
1: in 77, it was still basically all highway with uh, the one asphalt plant in Tarboro, and we did own a company, Cumberland Paving Company, that had, I believe, five asphalt Mm -hmm. plants, at the time, but that was a wholly owned subsidiary, and uh, I think we probably were doing in volume somewhere around thirty million a year. And of course, one one of the things that happened right during that period of time, right after I came, was the the gas crunch came along mm. and shortage, which hurt bad, the Department of uh, Transportation's uh, revenue stream, and so the, uh, the, the volume of work was, was tough and hard to find at that time. We also, that year, was the first year that we went into the uh, GC uh, building business and start, opened up that side of the construction operation.
0: So just to give our listeners some perspective on that. So at that time, it was less than 100 people, one plant, and about 30 million. What does it look like today?
1: Well, we are, up, we, we are up to $650, $700 million in revenue now. And that's pretty well split uh, somewhat equally between both sides of the business. Unbelievable. How many people? A little over a thousand, about a thousand.
0: Wow! And plants?
1: There's fifteen wow. asphalt plants.
0: <laughs> incredible! And that's ten, a lot of change. And two more in the way, and
2: we're going to add two more, so it'll be yeah. seven. Look
0: now. at it's still growing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's incredible. Wow, wow. Yeah. Well, what I love about the show, Lee, you came in as safety director. Mm-hmm. William, you came in as administrative manager right obviously your roles have taken on different shapes and and looks over the last 45 50 years um, how do you go from well this is a loaded question how do you come from safety director to executive vice president and CFO I you know what as I read through your stories you guys you went you put on a lot of different hats and you came into the business not really knowing what the need was going to be. It was safety at the time, but yeah. you, as a need came up, you just stepped into it, and well, you, you did the same. Talk to me about that evolution of where you started versus how you got to where you, you are now and, and taking on those different roles with the company.
2: Well, Barnhill contracting company, has always been a, a close, low overhead company. So what we were given is different opportunities or different challenges. You know, I started off as in the uh, as safety director. It wasn't long. Bob said, "I want you to be the personnel director," and it wasn't. But a, about another six months, I want you to be the equipment manager. <laughs> so, so I mean, I took on all of those, and in the meantime, getting around, being with uh, Mr. Barneo Senior, Bob, and all of our longtime employees, they taught us the business so when opportunity come we were ready to move to the next step and then I got you know got involved in the asphalt business you know the asphalt plants and and uh learning how to erect them and, and manage that and then I you know as time went on I you know I was given you know divisions to manage and that kind of thing so just the, we've had amazing growth. If you think about the acquisitions, I think I was thinking, I think we've had seven acquisitions. And each one of those acquisitions added, added uh skill to our business. We got good people, we got good locations and all that kind of thing. So going through that, I mean, you know, all of a sudden you'd be, you know, you'd have gained 100 people. In fact, I think, you might correct me, but APAC, I think we got 250 employees at one time. So, but I tell you the 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 great the thing that I think has made Barnhill Contracting Company successful. Is we're best friends. It's yeah. none of the VPs that are. There was no politics involved in Barnhill Contracting Company. wasn't any of us jockeying for position. We all had a talent, and we all put that talent together, and we all supported one another. If I had a a financial issue. The best in the world I had right here beside me. And that's the same thing with like Alan Barnhill and Jimmy Hughes and those individuals that are that are managing, and are, even down to our, our each division manager are top notch people. And that's been the success of Barnhill contract you got me.
0: I think it's so great. I'm glad you brought that up because that in itself is rare, right? The having an executive team that not just understand each other's gifts and skills and how they complement one yeah. another, but your friends. You guys, exactly, right? you guys were friends before you started. You were friends here, you know, at the end of your careers. How do you? That's got to be tough. How do you? How do you do that and maintain those friendships? I guess a lot of it is it's it's no ego, right? It's no one cares who gets the credit. You're all chasing the same mission.
1: And and Bob. And Mr. Barnhill Senior were very good at that, and nobody was uh, better than anybody else. And you were when we worked on something, we worked on it with what was good for this company, not what's necessarily the best for that individual, because ultimately it would work out, and everybody would benefit from what we did. And we we were all good friends, and. We made what we did work in most cases.
0: <laughs> so that came from the Barn Hills. You guys have worked for now, I guess, three generations of Barn Hills.
1: That's correct.
0: It sounds like you you never did you ever feel like have they ever made you feel like uh because your last name wasn't Barnhill that you weren't just as important? Uh,
2: I always felt like I owned Barnhill Contracting kind of Company. That's what I've I, I felt the said. same way. And Mr. Barnhill used to say it's not my company, it's our company. And he was very emphatic about that. And it's Barnhill is a family. Yep. It is a family business, and we are all family. I don't care from the bottom to the top. We all jump in there. If something needs to be done, we jump in there and get it done.
0: You know what, and I knew enough about it to feel comfortable asking that question. Because I know the company, and I know how much uh, the family cares about the people. So I felt comfortable asking that, because I knew what you were going to say, but... Uh, they have treated everyone, you guys, and everyone else like family.
2: That's right. That's great. So
0: that's incredible. Yeah. William, what about you? So you come in as accounting manager, and right. end up as I'm I'm even fascinated by the fact that you wanted to go back and get your accounting degree working at the tobacco farm. What made you want to do that?
1: Well, I just I felt like that uh, if I'd have gone into farming big time, I'd have had to borrow a bunch of money. And I've always been sort of opposed to that, so uh, it, I just thought at the time I had the opportunity to do it, so I I went back to school and uh, and got my accounting degree, and and then like I say, I went to work for a CPA firm, and I ultimately passed the CPA exam, and uh, so and that you know that that would have worked in any industry. And uh, I, I was just, I was fortunate that I ultimately wound up at a uh, at a local company. I wanted to stay in the area, and uh, I, I was just lucky that I found a company that was growing, and it was just a great place to work, and with great people.
0: Yeah, you know, um, as I read through some of your stories, Lee, you come in with no experience. William, you were pretty new out of school and, and into this business as well. You end up being, both of you end up being experts in your space. And, you know, you, you know everything there is to know about asphalt plants. And you become part of the strategic direction alongside of your friends and executive leaders at the company. William, you, you become an expert in contracts and, and real estate. Like those are some big pieces, but you guys have learned that over the last 45 and 50 years. You've done it together, That's right. and when you saw a need, you just moved into it.
2: That's right. That's exactly right. I'll tell you, going through these acquisitions was a real learning Situation for each one of to be able to take them on and bring those people into the Barnhill family and treat them just like they had been Barnhill, and that's that's been really part of our success. And I tell you, you know, working for three generations of Barnhills, all three of them are different. There's no question about that. All three of them, but they are all three have got the same business philosophy. They all three. Take care of uh, people and family. This is this is a people business. Anybody can get on. Yeah, I mean anybody can learn how to put up an asphalt plant. It's you got to be able to lead people. And we have had great leadership at Barnhill Contracting Company, and I think is that's our, our, been our success.
0: I think so too. It's nothing to go out and make an acquisition. It's the integration of the companies right. and bringing them into the fold, and and yeah. getting each other to adopt that culture. Yeah. That's right. Um,
1: and, and that's been true, I think, with our whole management team when I've been there as it's grown. We all uh, work together. We all bounce ideas off of each other. We argue with each other, but we don't fall out about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we hopefully take – we've been fortunate that we took made some good decisions. And I had a lot of help, too. There was a gentleman that uh, named Ed Mooring. That was the uh, independent accountant for the company since its beginning, and he was he was very knowledgeable about construction accounting and was a real help in helping me learn the business. And so I could sometimes challenge him, and uh, and and we we had a wonderful relationship. And over the period of time, too, I uh, got. Involved with the insurance side of the business and sort of made that my uh, a big part of what I needed to know for to go along with the safety side. But uh, it was the buying of insurance and trying to uh, make sure that we had coverage in the right areas and so on. And I studied that a lot and had a lot of good uh, brokers that were good to work with that uh, helped a lot in that area too.
2: I, I tell you, I think one thing that's been really I- instrumental for Barnhill Contracting Company is is changing of command from generation to generation, from Mr. Barnhill to Bob. In fact, we were very fortunate for Mr. Barnhill to live a, a long life, and Bob grew. When Mr. Barnhill passed away, it was seamless; we never missed a beat. The same thing, the transition that Bob has made to Rob. Rob has been, we've we've carried Rob through, all of us have mentored Rob, spent lots of time with him and that kind of thing. Now his dad is, now the transition is a seamless transition. I think that's so important for a family-owned business to not have any squabbles in the family and for a smooth transition. And I think we have done a really good job of that.
0: And I love that yeah. you guys were in so instrumental in developing Rob and getting him ready for this opportunity. And I know he would give you credit for that too. That's what would you say are the biggest differences between the three of them? Well,
2: Mister Barnhill was a nuts and bolts guy, God. construction guy. He was like, you know, we got to get it done, guys. We all day. He was. He really loved the outside end of the business. Bob was a businessman. Bob man. Organized the company so the company could grow. He was a real businessman. Rob is a detail man. Rob's a spreadsheet man. You know that's, and that's what the days you know the days are. You know it's that kind of thing. Not that any of that's any of them wrong at all has its place. But what you got to do and what they're all good at is getting people that would, could supplement what they didn't have, and that's what they've done.
0: You know, and that's interesting that you you talked about that because each of them it sounds like each of them had the gifts and skills for what the company needed at that day and time. That's correct, right? And you know, for uh, for Mr. Barnhill, it was hey, it was we got to get it done. And right. then and then Bob comes in and he's he he's the one that's going to scale the organization. He knows how to grow it. And then Rob come in. How do you manage a seven hundred million dollar company? And it's getting into the details and really understanding all of it. Right.
2: That's correct. That's a good analysis of it.
0: Hey, So you guys talked about, I cannot imagine, all the deals you've been a part of, all the strategic decisions that you've made together as a team. What's the one that sticks out to you, the, the one that you're most proud of? To me, it's
2: the APAC acquisition. Tell me about that one. Well, that, that was a, the biggest acquisition we made. And it was, uh, you know, it, it, we spent lots of hours and time trying to make that work, and we didn't think it was going to work, and it did work. And then being able to bring that into our organization like we did, that was, a, I, I think that was a challenge. And that meant so much to Barnhill Contracting Company. That, that was a big growth because there was like 10 or 12 asphalt plants involved in that, in that acquisition strategically located. And as well as a really good uh, group of people, uh, so you know we that was a that was a home run for us.
0: When now, was that, Lee?
2: That was in 2006, right, William?
1: Right. I think okay. it's 2006. Yeah, and 2006. we doubled. I think we had nine asphalt plants at the time, and after we made that acquisition, we had 18 yeah. operating asphalt plants. Wow. Yeah. And so. Uh, and so that and that was a uh, that was a real learning experience for all of us. Contract-wise and everything else of getting that deal done, and and it was a good, it was a good, it was a good deal for us.
0: Would you say that that was the one you you the most proud of? Would you share that one, or is it a different one?
1: I would say so. I mean, that was the biggest by far, and the most complicated.
0: Yeah, yeah, I and, cannot imagine going a, through that.
1: And Bob Barnhill had rather do a deal than anything else he had rather do. And he is excellent at doing it, and no matter what he's doing.
0: What was it, what was his uh, – when you say that, what was it? Was it his negotiation skills? Was it his ability to really value the, the
1: – Some of all of it. Yeah, he's just – he is excellent at negotiating.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Wouldn't you say I, I agree mean, with he, that. Yeah. What I'm saying. He and he, just, and he, he loves
2: it. He loves it. Yeah, you ain't going to beat him negotiating. <laughs> You're not going to beat him as a businessman. He, I mean, he, he sees the big picture. That Sometimes we didn't see the big picture, but he always saw the big picture.
0: Well, he he definitely saw it when he <laughs> recruited both of you guys to come, didn't he? He saw he saw the value there before you well, guys. and did. a
2: lot of other ones that, that he recruited right. to, that was just, as, just as good as us. Yeah. One,
0: that acquisition is absolutely something that would you should be proud of to to go through yeah. that and, and to do it successfully as you guys did is no doubt uh, a huge accomplishment. Over the last, however, over the last 45, 50 years, like I, I can't imagine you go through that long of a career and not have moments that you say, I wish I had that one back. You know, it, uh, Lee, what, what is there a time that you say, hey, I, I wish I had a mugging on that one. I wish I had a do-over on that one. What is what is something that maybe you regret or?
2: Well, i, I tell you the truth. I really can't think of any regrets I have. It's, it's, some, it's some been some tough times of things. I think it, uh, uh, I guess, the main thing that I would say is that sometimes I didn't have enough time to spend with employees that I wanted to because I was so busy doing as I got as I got more responsibility then I was less time with the employees and that was kind of my cup of tea with the employees and I I missed not being able to do that if I had I guess I had any regrets if I could go back and do it maybe I would be able to manage better to be able to spend more time with employees.
1: Uh, kind of along the same line of what Lee says, I don't, I can't think of anything that we did that necessarily, we probably did some things that weren't as good as others, but I don't think we ever did a real crash other than maybe we got some jobs once in a while that weren't so good, and we avoided that most of the time. But uh, the, The thing I think that, well, I don't, I don't have a regret. I don't think of anything that really sticks out that we didn't kind of make work.
0: What a blessing to be able to be at this stage of your career and to say, you know, there's not a moment that we really, we learned from a lot of them. You know, we didn't get it right every time, but no regrets in that. What a blessing.
2: Yeah, I, I tell you, and I think. We talk about these acquisitions, and they were really important to our company, is the way, the reason we were able to do some of these because of the reputation of the Barn Hills and the Barn Hill Contracting Company. I, I'll tell you a couple of little stories. Cumberland Paving Company, in 1973, Cumberland Paving Company, Mr. F.D. Klein, who was the grandfather of asphalt in North Carolina, came to Mr. Barnhill and said, my hill's failing. All these big companies want to buy me, but I don't want them to have you. I want you to have this company because you'll take care of employees. And so he went and did. Same thing with Oscar Miller in 1985. Oscar Miller said the same thing. All these big companies want to buy but Robert, come up here. I want you to have this company because I know you'll take care of your employees. And I think a lot of that when we think about the acquisitions that that we did and that kind of thing, and I tell you no, and APAC was important, but when we made the Northeast out of banks contracting was operating in, in the Northeast and they went bankrupt. We tried to buy it, but couldn't. So we ended up buying pieces. We ended up buying all the pieces. But that was a was a fantastic acquisition for us too. And to put all that back together and go through what all you go trying to buy something in bankruptcy was a was a, a living experience for all of us. So so those kind of things, I think, were really good for our company.
0: Well, that speaks highly of, of the reputation and, and the people there. You're right. It's. It's one thing to have the resources to make an acquisition. It's another thing to be the person that they come to and want to take over the business. You know, they were seeking you out because they, they wanted their people to take, be taken care of, and yeah. they knew that you guys would do that. Yeah. I tell That's you cool. uh,
2: another thing, too, that I think is very important is Bob, Bob Strictly himself started the building business, and the building business is a very important part of our company right now. And Bob had decided, said Daddy, you know, we got all our, we got all our eggs in grading and paving. We need to diversify, and so he started. And we struggled with it, no question, to get it started. But uh, but I think that was that was a great that was Bob that was Bob as a businessman looking ahead, looking for the growth of the company,
0: wanting to diversify, That's make right. sure that you're protected from it. That's correct. Well, so. You know, to go through to go through the careers that you guys have, one of the greatest compliments that you could ever get, I would believe, being in your spots would be the people that you've developed and the people that you've helped to get to the to you know, to achieve their dreams and to to have great careers. I was reading through the newsletter and it said Lee did I read that there, it's gonna take three people to replace you? Is that, did I read that right?
2: I, I don't know where it's gonna take three people to replace me, but it's gonna three people do what I was doing. And when
0: you, you had a few people on your side too, that it was like, all right, stepping into their roles are gonna be this person, this person, this person. Yeah. So I thought, that was, I thought that was pretty cool, but those are people that you've had a hand in developing. Talk to me about your teams and talk to me about uh, how proud that must make you that now they're gonna get those opportunities. Well, I
1: I'll I will do that first. Uh, I have uh, three people that, one of them, uh, Will Acock, who has taken my role, and he's been with us for 10 years. And we are very fortunate, very smart, very capable, and I've taught him everything that I can teach him, so he's, he's on his own now. But I, I feel real good that in my leaving, he he can handle it, and he wants to be in the area and, and loves living in Tarboro. But uh, it, it, I, I couldn't feel any better about that. And he has a young uh, assistant controller now, that is uh, about, he's been a CPA about three or four years, very smart, very capable guy that does a, does a good longevity there. And then uh, I've had some excellent ladies that work for me that are very dedicated, and they have now have been given an opportunity to grow, I think, more. So that's one reason I'm, I was ready to retire but I also felt like that there was a very capable group there to uh, come in and and take over that and then we've also got Bill Long who has taken over the IT portion of it and not that I did that directly I had a man before him that that worked for me but was an expert in IT It was Scott Fisher who was with us for a long time too very dedicated to Barnhill and very dedicated to getting us and keeping us where we needed to be so uh i feel real good about that generation coming in now and uh they, again it, it was it was time for me to retire and it was time for me to get out of their way and let them do what they want to do and hopefully uh what would be a, a tribute to me is how successful they are absolutely that they are ready and that's gotta yeah. kind of give
0: you so much joy to see them and, and to, then that's you get right. that opportunity. What about you, Lee? Yeah.
2: Well, I did. Uh, Justin Barnhill is uh, the, the uh, equipment manager. And of course now we promoted him to VP of equipment and asphalt plants. And I've spent a lot of time uh, uh, teaching him about asphalt plants and equipment. Very smart young man. He's Alan Barnhill, who's our senior vice president's son. So he's been involved in the construction business a long time. And uh, David Glover, who looks after our quality control of, of, and environmental and that kind of thing, and then I had personnel under me, Tom, Shannon. and our uh personnel VP for years, Jimmy Hughes, retired last year. So, and we were able to promote Tom from inside. So, can I help get Tom on his feet? And and Skip Partington, who is 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 training to take Allen's place, I've kind of helped get him get him. Uh, in the asphalt business and getting him fixed and that kind of thing. So I've spent a lot of time with those guys. They're all smart guys. they bleed barn Hill red and they're, they're ready to go. After you train for so period long, you got to get out and get out of the way. Now now did I, did I want to retire? No I want to work forever. <laughs> you know but do I need to retire? Sure I need to retire. I was just joking about that. it was, it was the right time. I'm 78 years old. I worked there 50 years, and to, to be able to do the things I have and be and have a health and a mind, that decide I'm very, very fortunate, and I'm very appreciative of the opportunity. And we got a great team to take my place.
0: That's uh, you know, that says a lot that after 50 years, you, you still didn't want to stop, you wanted <laughs> to keep going. So, what does retirement look like for you guys? What
2: is it? What does it look like for you? I've been working in my yard for five hours a day for about six <laughs> weeks, so that, that's going to play out soon. So I, you know, I used to play golf, but I hadn't done that, so I'm start back doing that and, and spend some time with my church, uh, you know, sp- spend more time there doing things for my church and that kind of thing, and, and spending time, it's kind of nice, you know, for, if I want to go to lunch, I want to ride to Raleigh and see my children and grandchildren and go to lunch and that kind of thing, all of that's kind of nice that I've never had the opportunity to do I never took the opportunity to do yeah.
0: yeah what about you William
1: well I've got a little farm that uh I quit farming and turned into a bird hunting operation that is for me and whoever I want to invite out there and I I spend a lot of time out there trying to propagate that and uh growing some crops for the for the birds and i released the birds and i've got one bird dog that i like to uh i just like bird hunting and i guess part of my uh history too at barnhill i sort of got bob started in the uh into that which he is taken to a much expanded level from what what i do but uh that's a lot of fun i enjoy doing it and i can kind of do it at my own pace and it's good exercise. I'm getting better exercise right now than I have in the last 20 years. So hopefully hopefully that will extend my life a little longer and so on. Uh-huh. But, uh, but I'm, I'm reasonably active. I work in my yard, too. And
0: Well, that's a great, that's a great idea. That gives you the, the opportunity to work and play right there at the, right. the farm. And so you don't have to travel. You get to do the best of both worlds.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'll I tell you one thing. The reason it's hard to retire Barnhill Contracting Company is a fun place to work. You know, it, we all have fun. We all have a great relationship. Not to say that you know things don't get sour sometime, obviously. But overall, it's a fun place to work. I never saw a day that I didn't look forward to going to work at Barnhill Contracting Company.
0: What an incredible thing to say! I mean, that you <laughs> look forward to going to work each and every day. That I, you enjoy it, even after fifty years of doing it. I did. That's incredible. I was, you know, I'm intrigued by both of your stories. I'm just I'm in, I'm in, amazed and inspired by both of you. There were, uh, even though you guys had very different uh, skill sets and different um, paths there in the company, there were some common themes when I was looking through both of your stories. And, and now I understand why you guys have been the best of friends through the whole thing. But uh, both of you were always willing to learn new things. And take on new responsibilities. You never got blinders on and you never said, all right, I'm going to stay in my lane. You were willing to jump in and take on whatever uh, needed to be done at the time. And I thought that was a really cool um, theme that you guys shared. The other thing is I can tell that both of you are all about the people. It's not about the numbers. It's not about the scale. It's not about the size. It was about the people. And even when you were talking about the regrets, that was about the people, that you didn't get to do more of that. Right. Um, your loyalty to three generations of Barn Hills is inspiring. And then this culture. And, you, know, you talked about these acquisitions, and you guys have built this culture. Like, this, this wasn't a culture that was handed to you. You no. guys have been instrumental in building that culture and preserving it over the years. And to do that with all the acquisitions and all the growth that you've had is phenomenal. That's, that's hard to do. And mm-hmm. so hats off to both of you for, for doing that. How do you, I, I, wanna, I want you to look into a crystal ball a little bit and I want you to think, what, is, what do you think Barnhill looks like in the next 20 years? What do you, you know, you guys, uh, you're handing, the, you're passing the torch. What, is it, what does it look like 20 years from now? Let me
1: say one thing before you leave the people thing. You know, you are never any better than the people that work with you and for you, and and that's that that attitude. I think is what's uh, very instrumental in Barnhill's success. I think uh, Barnhill will continue to grow. There are a lot of very good. Uh, People being put in new positions is sort of a there's sort of a transition going on, and uh, I think the people that I know that are coming into the division vice presidents and the, the the positions that are being filled are very capable, very smart folks, and I think they will be very successful as long as they work with the same attitude with each other that we have been fortunate enough to work up with.
0: More growth. Keep growing. More plants just southeast.
2: <laughs> what do you think? Well, I think you gotta grow. You either yeah. grow or you die. So I think our company will, will continue to grow. I think we'll look at smart acquisitions or maybe even green fields to, to, to grow in certain areas. I, I also uh, I also see the company is getting more technology. We're I think, our company is a little bit behind, and we don't have any uh, simulators. We probably ought to have some simulators, and I, and we are talked about that a bunch. Uh, I think that um, that we gonna have to do more training than we've ever done before, and we got to do a better job of it. I think I think we do mandatory training very well, but we gotta we gotta be training the next generation of operators. We gotta figure. Out, we say we can't get any p. Pe- Everybody says we can't get any people. Well, what are we doing to get more people? What we gotta do in this business is get the pool up. If Barnhill trains X amount of folks, St. Wooten trains X amount of folks, they might swap places, but they'll be out there, be a pool of of operators out there, whereas now the pool has gone down and we it. So I think that, but that's the secret right now, you can't take any more work than you can do. Yep. That's the worst thing that you can do is bid work and not have people do it. So if we're gonna grow, we gotta we gotta go train more people, and we gotta do a better job of that. And we gotta be, we gotta get more technological. That's yeah. what I see.
0: Well, you, I, you hit the nail on the head, and that's that's the whole reason that we do this podcast is because we can no longer sit back and say there aren't people that want to do this uh, business. It's that's our fault. Right? right. We have to change the narrative. We have to tell the story. We've got to show the we gotta show the technology. Yeah. We gotta show the success. We gotta show the career paths and how great of a career you can have in this industry. That's on us to do that. So right. thank you guys for being part of that and sharing that today. Right. What do you see what I wanna go back to the technology because I can only imagine how different that is than it was in nineteen seventy seven and seventy two. You started William and you said that there was one computer when you started?
1: There was there was a computer that had one operator at the time. <laughs> and so in that side of in our IT side we have probably stayed up reasonably well on accounting job costing and that's even going through more transitions that will be more access for people using it and so on uh a lot of i think the technology that lee's talking about not to take words out of his mouth but is going to be on the operation of equipment i mean you probably see the time that you may run scrapers out there with no operator on them and somebody sitting in a in an office somewhere running those things. Yep. And, and our industry, for, for the construction industry, integrating in the grading and highway side has got to become, I think, more attractive to younger folks. You know, it just, as an industry, uh, we've got a lot of people in our industry that are, like Lee and I, are aging out. And we haven't done as good a job, probably, as we should have, as an industry, of getting younger folks interested in doing it.
0: I was going to ask you um, th- concerns for the industry. You know what? What are your biggest concerns for our industry as a whole? And that's probably one of them. Uh, you know finding mm. that next generation.
2: I get, but, I think we got to be more family friendly. You know this. I was telling you, you know, back when I was. Come along! I was gone all the time. My wife raised two kids. You know, she did everything. That's not going to happen today. We're going to have to have more people to do the same amount of work. Uh, you know, you can't ask a guy to work six days a week for six months at a time without him having a break. Uh, and you got to, you know, he's got to go to the soccer games and he got to go to the baseball games and he got to go. That kind of was unheard of in the old days, but that's where we are today. And I think that's. That's one reason. If we if we drive these young people so hard, they're going to leave you. Sure. So you got you got to figure out how to make it balanced with what they're doing. It's Like I said, the construction business is a fun business. They'll all tell you, man, I like my job. I love it. But I can't work 70 hours a week. You know, I, I, I just can't do it, you know. I, if I do that, my wife's going to leave me and my kid's going to leave me and that kind of thing. And so I right. think things we got to do.
0: And you said it. I think you said it best is that uh, – you were asking how to we got to figure out how to do that i think you you figured it out you've got to hire more people to do the same amount of work you can't do less work that's right the client still is going to demand the same thing that's right you've got to build a bench that's right and you've got to have time for people to go and spend time with their family people to go train i like, mm-hmm. you know you can't pull people off equipment to go train if you don't have someone to run the equipment so that's you've right. got to hire up and fill that bench that's right i agree with you yeah. any any concerns for the industry you have william
1: Nothing except what I said there. I the think uh, it's, it's going to take we – got, we got to get a new generation, a younger – got to be more attractive to the younger generation. And, uh, and you know, there are folks out there that will work if we can get them attracted to the industry and they get into what they're doing. I know when I came to work at Barnhill – I might not have come had I realized over the years it would have taken the hours that it took for me to do my job. Maybe I was slower than some other folks. But, uh, but you know, you, you get involved in what you're doing and you love doing it, and you don't mind the time or you make it work. But, uh, but like, as Lee said, though, it's, it's a different world. As far as what opportunities are for other for folks out there now too, so we this also got to be competitive with other industries that we are attracting good smart folks.
0: Yeah, right. I agree. What well, I want to I could do this all day, but I know you guys <laughs> can't because uh, I want to end with a couple different things. I want you to talk to a couple different audiences here. First, I want you to talk to that young person that's getting ready to start their 45-year or 50-year career in construction, what would you say to them? What is the thing that you want them to know that you wish you had known when you started? What advice would you give them?
2: Well, first of all, I would tell them if they want to come to the construction business, it's hard work. You know, we can't change that it's not as hard work. And it's also – it's always going to be deadlines. It's going to be weather deadlines. It's going to be, you know – this happens, that happens. Owner wants you to ex- to accelerate the schedule, all of those kind of things. That's that's gonna be in this business. That's not gonna change. What we're going to tell them is we're going if you'll come in here and work hard and learn this business, you know, we're gonna make it so you enjoy working here and we're gonna make it so you you'll you can enjoy your family and those kind of things. I, I think that's
0: what we gotta do. That you, so the advice you would give them is, you can do both. That's, you can have a great career, but you can also enjoy the time with your family. You don't have to sacrifice those things. and That's yeah. exactly what I'd say. Yeah. What about you, William?
1: The advice I'd give anybody that's starting out is to find what they love to do. And they will be successful if they love what they're doing. And uh, I know Barnhill Contracting Company is an excellent place for people to reach their goals as long as they work hard and do what they need to do. But if you don't love what you're doing, you need to work somewhere else.
0: Love what you do. right. Love what you do. It sounds like both of you guys absolutely loved what you did. And I, I don't think we need to end this
2: podcast without mentioning it. you got to be profitable. you got to, at the end of the day, the company's got to make a profit. So, Whatever job you're doing, you got to do that to the best of your ability and as cheap as you possibly can do it and so the company can make a profit because if the company can't make a profit, it can't do anything. So that's the end of the game. I I think sometimes people think profit maybe is a nasty word, but I don't think profit is a nasty word. You can't do it all if you don't make a profit.
0: Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. If you want a good place to work and you want to have a job that you enjoy doing, and provide for your family. Make it, like the company's got to make money. That's exactly right. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. That to was say. a
1: very good comment for non uh, accounting financial <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: you've done well. You've taught me. We've <laughs> taught me well. <laughs> it took forty-five years. But you taught him. Well, so uh, the last thing I want to do is I want to give both of you uh, a platform on this podcast to say thank you, because I can only imagine that there are some people that you would love to say thank you. You guys remember Don Mo? Oh, yeah. Mark Marietta? Yeah, I do. Don Moe, when he retired, I remember he said in, in his left-hand drawer, he kept a list of all the people that he wanted to thank when he retired. And then in the right-hand drawer, it was a list of all the people he was going to tell to kiss his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I'm, you can... I, I'm not gonna let you talk to those people, <laughs> but the people that you would love to thank, just uh, talk to them for a minute and just use this opportunity to, to do that if you, you know, for those people that you'd love to thank. And well, whoever Well,
2: that, that's, that's so many people, <laughs> I'll be here all day, if I thank everybody that's helped me at Barnhill Contract. But first of all, you know, I, I thank the Barnhill family, you know, Mr. Barnhill Senior, Bob and Rob for giving me an opportunity of a lifetime. I don't know anywhere that I could have gone and had a better career than I've had at Barnhill Contracting Company. I'd like to thank all the, you know, Alan is a close friend of mine and we've been through a lot together. Uh, You know, um, Jimmy Hughes who retired, William, uh, Bob and Rob, and just all the mechanics and operators and you know, superintendents and foremen that have taught me so much. You know, I used to, when I was first in this business, I'd get around a superintendent and I was a safety guy, but I'd say, you know, kind of tell me what that stake means there. You know, show me on the plans and how you put it on the ground and those kind of All those people, I can name you uh, numbers of them that really were instrumental in my career. And the other thing is, all the fine, you know, vendors and suppliers, uh, all the guys with Gregory Pooh, Martin Bader, Hansen uh, you know all those guys were were really instrumental in in helping me develop things so so I've just set up had a wonderful career with wonderful people and I thank every one of them okay.
1: I think I mentioned earlier several people that uh, that would obviously be on that list and I'd like to add to that, I had two great ladies that worked with me, Sophia Hardy and Laurie Webb who were instrumental in helping us get things done in the office and I left two great people there right now is Amy Harvey and uh, Jennifer Taylor who were great folks too and are good assets for Hill Contracting Company. Uh, I think one of the Things that Mr. Barnhill Sr. Uh, w- helped with in my experience is if I did something and did the best I could do and it w- as it turned out was maybe the best we could do he always appreciated the effort and you didn't always win every battle but you did the best you could with it and you got it done and that stuck a goes a long ways
0: well thank you guys so much for for coming and talking to us today i know the barn hills cherish the both of you uh they they wanted to be able for you to be able to share your story so that that story can live on and be heard from generation to generation Uh, you guys have been instrumental not just to barn hill contracting but to the industry and so hearing your stories and seeing the success that you've had and how you've done it with just focusing on the people and focusing on the right things is inspiring to me and to a lot of other people that I'm sure are going to hear this too. So thank you guys so much for what you meant to, to this industry and to all of us that are trying to make a living in it.
2: Thank you very much for having us. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Give Us the Dirt. Our podcast is powered by Hupai Grading Company in Charlotte, North Carolina, and produced by Well Run Media and Marketing. Visit our website at giveusthedirtpodcast.com and subscribe to this podcast on Apple and Google so you never miss an episode.